Hello and welcome to another Deep Dive Friday episode. Today's episode is a bit different because we actually did our first live stream after the SN8 hop. So this is audio recording of that live stream. You can also check the live stream at youtube.com slash totalspace. Also feel free to send us some feedback. Let's get started. Guess you're Do just it. going fresh. I'm going on push to talk. Yeah, I don't have that feature, but I'll mute myself if I'm not talking. I just get big bleed back, so I always prefer to do it. It's not really too much of an issue by now. You actually okay, sound so good. we should be alive now. Got monitors coming through somewhere. You're alive as well, mate. I just, I just get big bleed back. Yeah, I had a <laughs> backup computer that got the audio. There we go, it's definitely live. Hello guys and welcome to Total Space YouTube. Welcome to the Whoa, chaos. We're here today. <laughs> hey. In this video live today to analyze the Starship, SpaceX Starship SN8 test flight that occurred yesterday. Quite a lot of interesting things to reflect on. And we've got a few people here today. I'm another space nut. Does everybody else want to introduce themselves? Hi there, guys. I'm Ryan from the Space Updates. Um, got my own podcast going out on, on Wednesdays usually. And we've also got Miko over there. Yeah, I'm Mick, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. Hey everybody, I'm Benno, also known as Jettison Guy, here to talk shop about SN8's test flight. It's great to be here, gentlemen. Thanks for coming, Benno. And everyone out there, thank you for coming. <laughs> Cheers. So, so first thoughts, guys. Uh, we've woke up this morning to find it trending globally. It's on the front page of every newspaper. Uh, the radio's talking about it. Even the BBC picked it up. Yeah. yeah, incredible. I mean, it was just absolutely mind-blowing, wasn't it? I just I wasn't expecting it to just go so well, to be honest. Like, the day physics and engineering just hit a whole new height. Crazy. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the barring that, the landing, it was just near near perfect, I think, barring the engines were a little bit flamey again. But I guess that's just excess fuel or gases around the engine just burning off and everything. But other than that, it was pretty much spot on, I think. Yeah. I'm thinking about the space shuttle as we sit here talking about it now. Just the ultimate glide. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot I smoother, mean, wasn't it? It was just the wings had it all under control and it was just like a, a, an amazing thing to watch. It's like, why haven't we seen this before? We haven't, have we? <laughs> <You know? laughs> no. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, to, to see them, them lose an engine on its way up and then still attempt that belly flop manoeuvre was just... I mean, wow, it was just mind-boggling, really. It was like, you. I was looking at it, but I couldn't really process what I was looking at correctly. It was just such an overwhelming moment. I don't know if it lost an engine. I think they were just knocking out the engines one by one to reduce the velocity on going up. Um, yeah. But on the landing, I noticed that the number 42 engine that Elon tagged over on Twitter, Twitter and everything, on landing, that one didn't actually relight, so I don't know if that was intentional or, or whether the third engine was supposed to light, hence why it came down a bit faster than planned. Yeah, I, I think the two engines that were supposed to be on lighted up, but the other one shut down, and Elon did say something about uh, what's the Six backup eight. tank, the backup tank's pressure being too low. Yeah, the header tank, yeah. It was pressure too low, so obviously maybe you couldn't run on all three. I'd just had to run on two. 
seemed to shut it all down. Classic Elon style was like, I'm done here. We've got our data. We are good. See you later. Awesome. Hold, 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 you know, it was kind of like, bang, done. See you later. And the whole world shut down the Northern Hemisphere. And I'm sitting in Australia just going, what just happened? And everyone went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, our, our video is pretty laggy. I'm going to have to set our quality down a bit. Okay. No problem. That means going offline for 30 seconds or so. Just all the things you've been doing behind the scenes, all the stuff that's made you, what you've learned about Starship, the sea launch system, all the stuff, just run it in the sense of what what it's what this means for all of us. Like It's crazy. Someone's got to sort of drive the bus. I guess it sh- should be either one of you guys, Ryan, or... Okay, we should I mean, be you, back you live right again. Okay, hello, everybody. Okay, the video, video is laggy again. Hmm. Whoopsie. Well, this is kind of a test stream. Pioneer in the way on YouTube. <laughs> so we're winging it like a stream. Yeah. We're back. Hello, everybody. So if you are experiencing video lag issues, guys, maybe turn down the resolution your end, and that should help. Um, naturally, YouTube has issues sending the data out as well. So that might help, and we are going to get back on topic. Okay, actually, now it's looking pretty so good. So the belly flop. Cool. The belly I mean, the belly flop. Let's talk belly flop, guys. I know a lot of people assumed it wasn't possible this time last year when it was announced. Um, if, even so we're talking days ago, if, you, if you'd have taken bets for whether it would have belly flopped or not, people would have said no. <laughs> Are we talking for the uh, Apogee uh, flop or the uh, the landing burn flop? Both, really. I, I wasn't expecting it just to, uh, Apogee, just to gently fall. As it, well, it didn't quite gently fall, but just gently tip forward. Because at first, uh, it looked as though when it was running on that single engine at the Apogee, yeah. it looked as if it was tilting the opposite way. And I thought, oh, no, it's going to fall backwards. It's going to fall backwards. <laughs> and at the last minute, it just went warm for the right direction and just just beautifully glided down. A hell of a lot smoother than I assumed. Yeah, the, um, the single engine there was... It was like, what's going on? And when it just cut out, you know. For a thought, split wow. second, I thought it was going to flip the other way. It looks like that single engine was fighting with the, the wind, with the wings open and everything. Well, um, I can tell there was uh, RCS going on the um, the belly. that were firing shots out in the belly to keep it upright at one stage there. Yeah, yeah. You could see it like, yeah. working, it, working its, its head off, literally. <laughs> Um, yeah. The RCS thrusters just trying to keep the nose pointing hey, up with them. Three more hot things for stopping by. Hey Mike. <laughs> hey Mike. It's going to shut some stuff. Yeah. But um, when it when it just started gliding down, I was like, it was just the next next stage. It's beautifully gliding down. I thought, is it going to do? Is it going to slow down enough? Is it going to slow down enough? And it was just at that last very second when it done the flip. I was like, oh my god! It actually, I don't, I, just, I can't even describe it. It's just like that that flip at the end, just to self right itself for landing. Just done it so eff- effortlessly. Um, I hand, it did. hands off to the guys that done all the. Uh, engineering software everything else involved with that it's absolutely incredible to get that close first time insane it's like the um the maybe the second time i watched it i thought fire the engine now and i reckon there was about three seconds after that you know and then i watched it again i'm like yep now and then three seconds later so i'm thinking they've got to probably just reset the ground level and latency or something there yeah, yeah. You, oh. could, you could tell the fuel mix wasn't right because I don't know if you noticed the massive green glow coming from the engines. I don't know if it was like lock rich or something like that, just causing that green glow. See, yeah, it's similar in um, Firefly's rocket when they start that up. Something got rich there. Engine rich, maybe. Mm. I think uh, Scott Manley's got a theory on that one. 
Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but there's some copper on the engine bell, so it could have been that. Uh, Potentially, potentially, yeah. There'll be a lot of theories running around until we get, I guess, some kind of news. But, you know, just (laughs) seeing it just glide and watching the wings work was just the one thing I'm still getting over. I'm sure a lot of other people out there too, like you guys as well. It's just like, what is going on? It's working. Like straight off the bat. And then come... And come SN15, we'll have to do it all over again with a slightly different prototype by the sounds of it, uh, with major design updates and other bits, potentially. Mm. Mike's yeah. saying in the, ch- the engine calf was due to a lighter starship to keep it from accelerating too much. You can only throttle down so far, so as you can see the starship compensate for it half a second before it shuts off. Mm. Yeah. The RCS were firing pretty rapidly as it was going towards the concrete. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're always going to run a risk of just, yeah. I can't believe how far computer simulators, you know, simulations and wind tunnel testing and all that, that just shows how far they've come with all that. Just and I mean, the one thing while you're saying about computer animations, look at just how accurate a lot of the animators in the space scene got it. You oh, know, yeah. There's people like sure. Eric X and Neo Park that nailed it that knew it was going to do something along the lines of what it did and nailed it with animation. So when we saw it, although we'd seen these animations and we'd saw it, you know, we were were pretty confident that it was going to run. I don't Mm. think we quite expected what we got. And I know it's on the front page of every newspaper and stuff this morning saying the prototype rocket failed and it exploded. But, you know, going into this, we were expecting it. It wasn't a surprise to the space community. No, yeah, I mean, it was a surprise that it took off. <laughs> I, I thought it wasn't going, going to at first. It just took off so slowly from the pad. It was like, uh, I thought, oh, my I God, pretty- it's just going to come back down any second. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole yeah. Uh, amount of logistics involved with clearing the pad and the road and the closures and the FAA filings and all that stuff, I mean, you really, you'd be like, like he's, you said in another space, not, you go, uh, you know, Elon's not going to be waiting and taking his time on this. It'll be to get it off the ground as soon as possible. So I'm thinking maybe it costs a few hundred thousand dollars a minute. <laughs> and when it's yeah, when maybe it hit, when it hit the concrete, it was like, yeah, job's done, great test. See you later. <laughs> Let's open the road. You know. I mean, they've got enough hardware, haven't they? You know, it's it's not the only prototype they've got sat close by and ready to go. So mm. a lot of people are going to be looking at it as, oh my god, they're on this rocket there it's a case of waiting for the ground around it to clear make sure there's nothing nasty and dangerous to humans there which they've got spot on site for then load it up get another one ready to go on the stand since we didn't destroy the stand this time and we're you know we could be as little as four weeks away from seeing this again with the next generation hardware yeah totally not necessarily next generation but just uh sn9 is just slightly more improved well, in, with the next iteration of Starships is just some fine tweaks, isn't it? I think the SN9 has more of the, the higher grade steel. Remind me what it is. Is it a 304? Yeah, 304L. Yeah, I think the... I don't know if SN, SN8 was 50-50 of the stronger metal, but SN9's like more of the 304L, well, the 304X material that they're working on. Yeah, it should make the tank a bit, bit more durable. For a heat. Not that it needs it, likes it almost landed first time, but <laughs> there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of footage coming in tonight, guys, and uh, all you guys out there. I 
hope you get all get to see it. And uh, yeah, SpaceX yeah. are constantly uh, done, posted some a video out. It was just the the land and flip maneuver um, with a yeah. camera directly underneath this this the Starship. That was incredible to see. With, so with a nice time hope people see some. Uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. and 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 when the Starship was going up, and it first shut down an engine, I was thinking <laughs> the engine failed. But when it shut down the second engine, it started to look like very intentional. Yeah, I thought the um, the three Raptors together were bound somehow, maybe. But, you know, as one unit, they do in unison, they move. But I didn't know they did that. They'd flip one out as they turn them off and move them independently like that. Yeah, I was worried I was just going to fall out. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, it was me interrupting you. I apologize, Benno. Good. Uh, each engine is capable of independent gimbal. Incredible. I think we're about to see that on the stream now at about 1 minute and 45 seconds. You'll see each of the engines gimbal as the one in the upper left of that bottom right screen starts to shut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when it, when it shut off, it just rattled, rattled around and moved out of the way, didn't it? Um, yeah. Out of the way, out of safety, but... Like I say, once you saw that second one, like Miko said, it was like, ah, yeah, I see what they're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been great if we had like a altitude gauge on the left telling us where the 12.5 was. I was kind of wondering, did it hit the 12.5? Well, uh, according to Elon's I think, tweet, I think it might yeah, it, it hit the apogee. Yeah, nice. So that's, that's milestone one, really, isn't it? Yeah, Elon tweeted that they would, would have been... Contempt with the flight, even if they were to hit the apogee, but the controlled descent and an almost landing were very, really great. I mean, the reignition itself was like a mind blow after the whole glide, after the whole skydive. Yeah, yeah totally. The uh, that whole way down, it was just like, are they going to relight? Are they going to relight? Oh, it's the same one. There's one. There's a second one. Yes. <laughs> it was all. It all seemed under control. Like I'm still wondering if Elon did hit the self destruct at the end because it was on the pad. He thought if it falls down, falls down, it could be pointed at something. No. Well, well, I, I think it blew up when it hit the ground. It did seem. Yeah, I think the bottom tank ruptured, didn't it's it? It's kind of like the Hollywood thing when they cut to that last shot. It's like the wide open shot, which you know just goes. Yeah, it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> anybody watch it back frame by frame yet? No, you haven't had time. As it hit no. ground, you saw the top of the nose just sort of eat itself at the bottom and pop up slightly. It was great. You could see yeah. the last frame on the bottom right of the flap. There, you'll see the. You know how the robot cam? I think it was on NSF. No, it's a space flight. Um, there, the last shot was the flap hitting the ground, but there's a slight kink in the flap where it's frozen the, the last still of the footage before it exploded. So it's actually bent the the bottom wing that little bit. If you look closely, yeah, I don't know if you actually saw the legs re um, retract on us on the way down no, at all. Didn't get the leg pop. I analyzed the footage frame by frame almost immediately, and even on that last frame we got before it was just fiery stuff, the legs were still undeployed. Mm, it was like three seconds off doing all that, it seemed. Maybe two seconds. Maybe just came in way too fast, and it's yeah, we'll, <laughs> the computer was, was just like, yeah, nice, game over. It was a very nice <laughs> yeah. gradual descent. The gradual descent was looking good, it was quite cushioned, but the angle was just a little bit harsh, and uh. I think if they had a little bit, if they'd fired a little bit earlier, it might it could have evened out this that little bit more. But they're going to change that all up for SN9 for sure. Did they take SN9 a bit higher since the flight yeah. generally went well? And, and not mess around with the firings. 
just let it go. Say, well, let's give her all three and save enough fuel or work out the mix or the pressure. Maybe they're not running as high pressure in the tanks. We don't, we're not sure. Screen right now, can you see the RPS going like crazy as it was doing that flip? And then we get that flappy bird maneuver. I'm still in awe. I'm re watching <laughs> it now here with you guys, and I'm just like, look at it flat. Look at it. If you take yeah. it back a couple of seconds, go look at the RCS firing away as it turns around. Look, skip it back. So, do you, what time? Um, four, five, five. You on? Uh, so, we got any uh, any listeners out there? I haven't checked yet. Yeah, we have nine watchers, yeah, yeah. weavers. Got uh, well, the RCS yeah. was just working like mad at the, at the apogee just to keep it right, oh, like the right balance of it. Looks like white ribbons. Back to about 450 meters. Yeah. There's a bit of a lag. <laughs> For the next time, we have to probably share the screen in Discord so we can watch it at the same time as it plays on the computer. Yes. But this is a first good yeah. test stream. Winging it, like I said. <laughs> yeah. Everybody that's watching yeah. this stream, privacy seeing all the scrubs and stuff before we become professionals. This is our first attempt at doing YouTube, and if it could have gone wrong behind the scenes, it probably has done this morning. It's yeah. a culmination of hundreds of hours. Being in the background, helping out lots of people and enjoying all the fruits of the community in space. This is it. This was the, the moment. This is like, I think, Apollo 4, really. Like, I mean, it's an incredible journey yeah. behind the scenes to get Total Space Alive, and I thank each and every person that's participated in any way, shape, or form in making it a reality. Yeah, thank you to everyone. And I remember right at the very beginning when the, I think it was a phone call with you, first up, um, literally like, let just let's do it kind of thing. And being, I've been speaking to a guy called Miko, we'll get him involved, and it just span off from there. Yeah. It's just kind of like, <laughs> let's, let's just stop talking about it and let's just do it. And I mean, that first episode is actually episode two. If you if you go back, the first episode recorded for Total Spell, ah, oh, one second, look at that entry. Smash. <laughs> like, episode two of Total Space was technically episode one, and me and Miko were sat in the voice chat for about ten minutes just going, when are we going to start? When are we going to start? When are we going to start? <laughs> yeah. And we were so nervous that it took so long to edit that it became episode two on Total Space and the Space Update beat us to release. So 4-2, huh? Yeah. The meaning yeah. of life. <laughs> Can't believe it. That's the time it clocked on descent. <laughs> or on, upon impact, I should say. Yeah. And Just also right. on Ascent, it was really nice to see how well the engines were controlled when one of the engines shut down. It didn't have any problem staying on balance they were looking after each other they were working in as a team that's for sure yeah the, the raptors themselves are like a group of spacex staff <laughs> techs just going right this is our job we're going to do this they did it so well the the engines perform amazing just amazing yeah up until I mean, the last seconds i mean really that's what it is it's the ultimate firing of three at once in the atmosphere and measuring that but for ascent yeah, and it's worth noting that, that the power that those engines kicked out wasn't too far off a of Falcon 9. I mean, it's just, you don't really realise the sheer scale and power of it, really. Despite it only moving really slowly up to the 12.5k, it did have a hell of a lot of power kicking out of that. And I mean, a lot of people this morning on Twitter and stuff are overlooking the fact that this is prototype testing. You know, this this is pioneering work within the rocket industry. This hasn't been attempted before. 
usually rockets are made from space grade materials and built in clean rooms and not shown to the public and what SpaceX are doing is a bold move you know there's no other launch provider being so open about a prototyping stage of rocket development I don't think it's fair that some of the papers are just purely focusing on the fact that the rockets smashed into the ground this this has never ever been done before or even attempt people would dare attempt it basically um, a bit like the Falcon 9 I know others were doing uh, landing rockets like the likes of Blue Origin and many others uh, out there across the world but until SpaceX actually done it essentially that no one thought it was really possible and now again you've got the likes of uh, Starship doing that belly flop manoeuvre everyone thought it was absolutely stupid and crazy it's not going to work it's, it's a waste of time waste of money and we saw yesterday it is possible you just need to fine tune the engine and just, you'll just stick the landing maybe maybe SN9 or SN10 so my, bet, my, bet, my bet was SN10 before by the way just to put it out there Aaron yeah. thought it was going to be in the teens <laughs> what you said there about cost is quite important because once again when you're building these rockets with carbon fibre and other space grade materials it's a really expensive job but what they're using here is stainless steel you know it's almost consumer grade you can you can purchase this from your local foundry you know it's cheap enough the only thing with um carbon fiber never be able to use it on the the likes of what spacex are attempting because although carbon fiber is super strong and everything else it wouldn't be able to cope with the the shock and the stress of a heavy landing it it runs the potential of cracking or or just literally shattering if it's ice cold potentially yeah (laughs) crazy how many things come into it like even the tracking station like what was going on there you know be great and there's some amazing footage out there of some of the guys that were just uh, a bit further away just doing all the tracking cameras um the other guys were NASA, NASA space flights and uh, various other people i mean there's so many videos out there different angles and different views and everything it's just incredible to see so many people down there that were watching it everything good to see people putting money back into their production level too um the, the images are just amazing so crazy the um you know i just can't i'm just blown away by how many people took on two days just a sheer launch energy <laughs> and hats off to everyone down there that's uh, literally reporting every single day every little minor change and mm. updates and uh, the, seeing the, each uh, different sn9 sn8 and sn10 and 11 eventually roll out we'll just get to see updates literally within reason hour by hour sometimes um, it's just incredible so what are we uh, thinking for legs on the on the next few iterations do we need new ones what are we thinking? We're sticking with the current design for the, until we get to the SN15, I believe, and then it's it's a bit of a conundrum, I think, because Elon said, obviously, no matter what you do, you're going to add mass, and mm-hmm. he doesn't particularly want to add mass or weight to the Starship, because it's already, as we've seen, it's heavy enough. Um, if with those three Raptors firing out at full throttle, you saw how slow it's ascended. Obviously, in Mars gravity, it probably shoot up twice or three times faster because the reduced gravity but it still needs to have a good power to weight ratio to a take off and b yeah. slow down for that suicide burn after the flip i'm thinking yeah. he might put some kind of turbo in the header header tank or something now <laughs> so i don't know yeah, how it yeah. all works but something to just drive that fuel into that engine faster and more you know i have no idea sn9 will be that result maybe the flip caused the lack of uh pressure in the top tanks obviously you've got all the, the essentially some of the liquid uh, anyway you've got a ton of pressure in there and then some of the liquid just sloshing around and everything so 
where the inlet and outlets are for the uh, the fuel on the, those tanks when it's horizontal and then flip it to vertical. I don't know whether that's part of the problem. Yeah, well, they've, they've got yeah. cameras inside some of the tanks. I'm not sure if they had one in the header tank, but they put a lot of cameras on that ship. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll never see that, though, will we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there must have Maybe. been like uh, 20 cameras at least. That would be the coolest tweet from Elon tomorrow. It's like Plus, they have some a lot of ground footage. cameras as well. So yeah, there's a yeah, lot of footage totally. that we haven't seen from SpaceX to come as well. That's the interesting thing as they get a bit more happy about the fact that they've, you know, grounded some hardware in such a way. They'll start to release some amazing ground shots. Yeah, I think Elon stated that even on like Falcon Nine, it has at least um, at least twenty odd cameras on even on the Falcon Nines, but we only get to see maybe two or three of them. All the rest, I mean, they've accidentally shown the inside of the Falcon Nine once or twice in some of the live streams. Um, cause they actually, when they have the cameras on the inside tanks, they have a little light of some sort that beams. Into, into the tank so when they're filming it they can see what's going on with the liquids inside the tank we actually showed that in one of the live streams a while ago in the falcon 9 launch for starlink i think yeah there, there's been a, quite a few of those views usually they last for a split second <laughs> but on i think it was crs4 when they had actually a bit longer video of it yeah, it just looks surreal. Cause it just cuts to that, and it's like, what the earth is that? It's definitely yeah. something that's blue is liquid. Yeah. So, Nico, mm-hmm. Nico, where does this autogenous, auto how do you say it, uh, pressurization fuel system thing? Like that, how do you say that again? Sorry, everybody out there to watch me <laughs> bumble that all up. I think it's autogenous. No. Autogenous. No, that doesn't sound right. You know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking, does that have anything to do with that refire and, and all that green stuff? I mean, I'm not, I'm not actually sure if they had it yet because the RCS kind of looked like it was still nitrogen gas. Yeah, yeah there's coal thrusters on, on this, this one. So it was just literally, uh, nitrogen, like cold nitrogen gas. Um, whether SN9 will have the hot, hot fire thrusters, which are a hell of a lot more powerful. So. Apogee flip will be a bit bit more plain sailing rather than hovering there for a minute or two. It's like, is it going to fall down the wrong way or not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. But again, that will be another thing to iron out because the RCS thrusters going to be switched over to the hot style thrusters gas, which are a lot more powerful. So they'll have to rejig a few things to control that. But I'm sure they have plenty of practice with that already. Yeah, and I think SN15 could be. A serial number that would have have those autogenous methane thrusters. Yeah, so that's got nothing to do with the um, the actual fuel system for the rockets on the system right now. I thought that was something to do with the thrust pack. Almost been way off. Well, I think they actually do have the pipes taking out the extra fuel back to the tanks. So mm. they kind of have it set up already, except for the thrusters. Right. And they'll be trying those out on the uh, the lunar lander, those new ones, those bigger thrusters they've got for the lunar lander. Yeah, the thrusters on that the RCS or some of the style of thrusters. Mm. The ones on those look absolutely huge compared to what's on Starship. Yeah. Just to on the on the nose corner, if you like, just to flip it over, um, they're almost double or triple the size. Funny, we yeah. can switch to Earth to Moon's gravity when we want to land a Starship, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But once once you once you're up there by by the moon and everything, you don't need if you slow down enough, you don't need too much thrust to uh control yourself and slow yourself down. 
because um, essentially the Starship can just land with these little RCS thrusters and they raise and lift itself up enough off the surface before it relights the engines, uh, those vacuum engines, to uh, kick up a, a bit of velocity base and everything. Yeah. So, like watching that uh, analysis again. <laughs> it's just like the staging down to where they had one engine going for that final descent part. I'm just wondering, were they ever going to... The thing I'm curious about, you saw, we saw the, those engines shut off one by one and they flung themselves out, like, springing around. Yeah. Um, they're obviously going to have the three vacuum engines around that area anyway, so whether they can still ping those, each each engine out like, like they were doing there, still with that, because it looked like they'd just moved themselves out the way of the other, other thrusters while it was going up there, but once you've got the three vacuum engines in there... Would you still be able to do that? Shut them down in that way? Bit of, there's a bit of room in there. Just, um, I guess it's all trial and error with that. But I think they probably figured that one all out. So you've got maximum angle you can get on the on transvector control for each one. I mean, there was that diagram that's been circling around of the uh, the, the thrust puck plate for super heavy, the booster one, and the layout they've got sort of identified. Well, there's a diagram by Brendan, I think, for, on Twitter for. The uh, eight engines, I believe, in the middle for the for the super heavy booster and the gimbling on that. Yeah, that's the one you did the audio, isn't it? Oh, that's the that was yeah that was one of the Casper Stanley video with three Raptors, the the ones we just saw on the test flight. But I was talking about the uh, there's a whole new gimbal system on this ring of eight for the super heavy, uh-huh. and uh, you know there's just a running theory right now from RGV aerial. There was a photo there I saw the other day, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. After doing nice. Casper's video, I was intrigued to think, well, I have to learn a little bit more about this. And sure enough, the TVC was probably the highlight of the launch today or yesterday. I mean, the way yeah. the, the rockets were moving, the gimbling, all that stuff, not only were, the, was the, were they performing well, but there was so much just keeping that thing going up like an arrow, as you can see it now. And, yeah, um, that, the, the, that best bit is when it does that uh, flip just before the, uh, well, I'll say the landing, but the, the boom, if you like. You see the two engines, essentially, almost, as it, as it comes back to the vertical position, you see the two engines almost pointing in two different directions. One to keep the upward momentum thrust, and then one just kicking, still kicking the engine. So you see them almost pointing in two different directions at one point. Yeah, they're just, they're just need, needing everything a little bit left and right just to keep it smooth. I mean, like, it looks so smooth. I can't imagine, you know, once they nail it. I mean, they've had lots of practice with the Merlin engines, so within reason they've got a lot of, a large portion of data from the Falcon 9s within reason. Obviously, different fuel mix and different engine and everything, but it's the same principle of controlling the the rocket and everything like that. Yeah, really, the descent and the belly flop maneuver are the things that are new and very difficult. (laughs) Yeah, like, the, um, we're having people on it. It's going to be really important for that vibration level, and it looks like we've got a great chance of getting a pretty smooth not ride coming on for the SN twenty plus. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's worth it's worth noting that the flight overall was a hell of a lot smoother than I expected from the the apogee when it flipped, and when it's done the the flip for landing, I was expecting it to be a bit more severe um, with it being the first essentially the first test, flight test of this, anything to do with Starship. It was a lot more because I was worried about the Gs. If like if someone were to be in that, they're going to be exerted to a hell of a lot of Gs with the, 
the flip mill if there were in there in the test, not that any put anyone in there in the test anyway, but the amount of G's exerted in there in the flip or the landing would be quite a lot. But what we've seen from the yesterday it was relatively quite smooth, so it could be pretty much fine, I think, G wise. Yeah, I think so. And the whole flight was so smooth that Elon was very happy on Twitter <laughs> shouting hurrah at everyone. Well, Elon wasn't expecting it to barely lift off the launch pad or get to Apogee, so the fact that it got past there, all the way back down, and came not too far away from landing, it's quite incredible, really. Um, so we might just see a, a bit of uh, silence while we see SpaceX delves through all the data and put all that work towards SN9 before they get that one back off the ground into the air again. Speaking of Elon... Interestingly <laughs> enough, his tweet immediately after Mars, here we come. That's that's yeah. the end game of this project of his. You know, we're watching rocket development for the first ever Martian rocket that he's going to hopefully take supplies and colonists to make humans multiplanetary. You know, we talk about sure. that every week on on Total Space over on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We talk about this dream of becoming multiplanetary. And this is the foundation work for that. You know, this is a footnote in history. This is the moment where actually it becomes somewhat of a reality that this giant stainless steel tin can can belly flop and attempt to land. And we're going to see more and more attempts at this. And yeah, there may be some ruts, but there's going to be... It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, the the work they're doing. I think a lot of people out there underestimate it because some people just see that they've done the Falcon 9, so how much extra work is it to do this? Starship. I mean, a lot of the guys I work with, where I am, I've got a job outside of this, obviously. With a lot of the guys I'm into the space stuff, so when I talk to them, they're like, well, they've got the Falcon 9, they can do it with the Starship quite easily. Like, yeah, but it's uh, slightly different, just uh, slightly different. <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> different. So it's, I think it's a bit underappreciated um, out there at the moment, just how insanely complex uh, Starship is from the way it launches, the way it lands, literally everything, or the way it's powered even, because it's a full-floor methane Raptor engine. So there's a lot yeah. of sci-fi movie fans out there. They're about to get a good kick in the guts because I've been, we've all been looking at these awesome 3D renders, the guys do, and it was like looking at fo- photos today, it was just like, what? And it was like when Nick Henning posted a photo today or some footage today on Twitter, he said, this is not a render, and I was like, oh, my God. That's when it hit me. Because yeah, there's a few guys out there. There's, there's uh, Neil Park. He does insane uh, renders um, over on Twitter quite often. Just insanely detailed. Um, been working a lot on the Starship stuff and started work on like terrain stuff as well. I've seen recently for like the Mars surface and stuff. And then uh, yeah, Eric like- X. But Eric X is, I think, has probably got the the best uh, simulation so far. Quite accurate that barring the. Uh, Barring, barring the landing and the engine shut off, I think it was almost bar for bar, pretty much how we've, how we've SN8 flown, really. Well, he also yeah. had the boom compilation, and one of those booms looked re- a lot of like this. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering if uh, Eric's animations would end up being the reality of it all, and it was damn close. <laughs> yeah, damn close. Maybe <laughs> Elon thought of making the explosion <laughs> like that. Yeah, you never know, like a stunt show. But, I mean, yeah, it was like, that's a very expensive special effect there, Elon. <laughs> yeah. But it looked great. It was like the ultimate firework. This thing can fly too. But, you know, looking into the future, what like another space nut was saying, um, with where this is all going and just seeing 
all these computer-generated simulations of what we're about to, like what we saw yesterday, leading up to that for so long now. It's been great to have that to keep us going and imagining it happening and then to see it become a photo or a video as of, you know, today when all the footage starts rolling in tonight. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it'll this be interesting to see. Obviously, Elon's got his eyes set on uh, Mars for 2023 slash 2024, which I'm assuming might just essentially be the first flight to Mars for Starship. But um, what do you think he'll have in the payload bay that he might actually set on Mars or even the moon for, for that matter? So they've still got to test the moon the recent, at the end of the day. The recent actual Springer Awards, Elon said if SpaceX get lucky, they could be sending an uncrewed ship towards Mars for 2022's home and transfer window. With or without the Cybertruck. You'll probably just put a Tesla dealer there, yeah? Chuck a few trucks down, a couple of cars and go, I'll build a Tesla dealer on Mars. It's done. So if you want to on there, go and pick up uh, Perseverance and Curiosity. Just give them a lift down the road, like, drop them off. There you go. Getting there. As soon as you get there, you're like, free Tesla, free apartment, free everything. I've got a job. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just have to live in a dome for a while. <laughs> five years, isn't it? Uh, another space node, is it five years? Five years there and back. Well, the five-year mission, is it, in the sense of on what we're you- Yeah, I mean, in terms of waiting for your transfer windows, really, like, if you were to go there, you could immediately set off back, but it would just take longer than the five years to get back. So when you get there, you've got 24 months on on planet before it's feasible to make a return journey. So, I mean, five-year round trip, it's it's a scary thought, but at the same time, you know, pioneers are needed. Yeah. And, And any future Martian pioneer is watching these tests closely. Like, I, I hope to be a Martian pioneer, and I'm glad that these rockets are going bang and boom now than when people are flying on them towards Mars. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just in- incredible to see uh, all the tests going on with uh, just all the different companies. I mean, even just the uh, the landers for the uh, Artemis uh, mission and everything else, it's just incredible to see. I, I don't know if we've seen any more of the actual uh, moon lander to do with the Starship, have we? I was going to um, ask you guys about it. When I first saw the test flight afterwards, I thought, what's a space moment that probably this just beats or what is probably the equal to? I was going to ask you guys, what for each each person, what, what kind of space moment is there in comparison or what you think that was better than or, you know, what you hold dear to your heart in the sense of a space memory and how this just obliterates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this year... There was, of course, the Demo 2 mission with Bob and Duck. Mm. That was really great, and this is at least on par with it. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. DM2 was a really good moment. This is absolutely spectacular to see, nevertheless. this I think the two are almost comparable because they were both space moments of 2020, but then they're polar opposites in terms of what they represent. Uh, for me, I think, um, I mean, my favourite space moment, a bit unrelated, but the, the way Curiosity landed on Mars with the sky crane, like years ago, that was just just insane the way that landed and seeing SpaceX do that with F&A yesterday, it, was just, it just blew that out of the water, basically, for me. It was, I couldn't believe it. just as soon as it lit, you just saw it lift the engine light, I was just like, is it going to blow up? Is it going to lift off? You just saw it slowly rise and I thought, it doesn't even look real. It's just that big. It's, it's just... Unbelievable. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking exactly that, Ryan, when I thought of the Starship test flight and how crazy that was for me, like just the flying aspect, but more so just the space moment. But I thought of the Mars Curiosity 
first panoramic that went in the front page of the news when they'd done that first big, massive file, digital file. It was the first packet I think they received from the rover, the Curiosity. It might have even been the first one, but there was a massive panorama and I think thought, you know what, that's just an image, but that's probably what I think of with Starship in the sense where it's going. It's like, it's going to end up there and it'll be sitting there and the, and the Curiosity Ray will be sending back images of the Starship sitting there. Yeah, which would be unbelievable, oh, won't it? Uh, when, mean, when we, once we see a, essentially a Starship sat on the face of Mars. <laughs> you know, and that whole aerobraking system for the wings and the flaps, I mean, if they can get that all sussed out and everything, I mean, they can pinpoint those landings, we're going to get the, they'll be able to land them right in front of the rover to say, hey, I'm right over here. Just come over, spend a couple of days coming over my way and we'll do some shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, on, on Mars, the atmosphere is a lot thinner, so I imagine they'd have to do that flip probably a hell of a lot earlier. Mm. But um, didn't I think the uh, the air's a little denser on the lower regions of the atmosphere? Is that right, Miko? Yeah, the lower you are, the denser the atmosphere is. Yeah, so I'm thinking they'd probably be burning more fuel if they did it in the upper atmosphere compared to burning through the lower part less. Yeah, you know? it's 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 yeah. one of those things. It'll be. It'll slow down less in the upper atmosphere but slow down more in the lower atmosphere so it's it's just six and two threes kind of thing it might it might need to fire up a little bit earlier it might not um it's a whole different ball game but i'm pretty sure spacex have got all the the data to uh work and fathom that out yeah i was just um i'm hoping if elon hears this i found out the other day there's a gravitational anomaly with olympus mons so anything in orbit around mars got a kink when it goes past the big iron plate below olympus mons for the, the volcanic plate there apparently it shifts things out a bit so that could be tricky <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just thinking okay well, let's suss this planet out let's suss this ship out by the time we meet together we should be get radiation sorted and boom there's your colony why not yeah and we'll, prob- we'll probably I'm- see just related to going to mars and everything we'll probably start seeing uh, longer astronauts that uh, longer Tests being done at in Atmos space, space Station with astronauts staying up in space for longer. Because the longest, uh, longest about just over a year, I think, that they've been in space in the International Space Station. Yeah, about a year. So if we're talking a five-year round trip, they'll have to do more tests um, up at the International Space Station or yeah. a new space station when it comes along. They've done like the, the longest is like seven hundred and twenty days or something for one astronaut. I think. We've seen long-duration spaceflight on the International Space Station, but I think in that five years, we also need to account for being on the ground for 24 months so that in a much lower gravity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There is ways, but they just don't exist yet. But if I mean, there is, someone, there, is yeah. there is the radiation factor and everything else, but uh, I'm sure Elon can harness the uh, what the uh, Tesla vehicles have, the... Uh, oh, God, the words just out of my head at the moment, but the like the air filtration systems in the Tesla vehicles just filter out. Basically, you're seeing people in the Australian outback when there was all the bushfires and everything just sat in the Tesla cars, like, yep, no smoke's getting in our Tesla. We're absolutely fine. Thanks, Elon, for saving us, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, where you, Mika? Did you, um, did you, could you see what was going on with the flight yesterday? Did you sort of like go, okay, this isn't going to land, or did you see anything through the, the images and the video or the video you watched? Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting it to go that well. I mean, I expected it to reach Apogee and fall down to the ocean. But yeah, yeah that was yeah, great. Same. 
we did get an extra little gift package, didn't we? It's kind of like a Nitro Boost on Discord. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to hit the tarmac and show you why I spent so much time building, using, uh, making concrete. It's like, that concrete's pretty good, dude. I like your concrete. It seems to have survived. I know Elon like, said it, uh, it created, but um, I don't <laughs> think it, it created that that much. Like it, it, although it did come down with quite a thud and exploded, but... I think the uh, landing pad might be reasonably okay. Maybe just a, a minor repair, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not the too bad. Fire. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not, <laughs> not too bad I, craters. did so well. It's just astonishing. It's like super heavy. I think it I think it had the same effect as super heavy. I mean, sorry, not the Falcon Heavy launch. Definitely had a bit yeah. of that magic. And the flames went green. I thought of Star Wars straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when they went green, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) When those flames went green, I thought, oh no, something's not right with the engines. They're either underpowered or the fuel mixes are on or something. Just sort sort of not Mm. quite even, just like looking at it, like slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah, that's going to hit the ground too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And boom. (laughs) And there's some really wide shots. There's a couple of wide shots um, where you could see it really sort of giving it that resistance and that drag as it came down. You could see how it was actually just gliding or skydiving. Yeah, it was actually. For you sure. can see the resistance coming off the wings when they just move the wings a bit. You get those massive wisps and all the you know the tri the tri uh, locks ventilation system and stuff looks great too. That looked really yeah. good on the pad with the new cameras. On the I've got to say, great job to SpaceX on those new cameras around them. You know, then not to mention all the, the live stream guys and what they did. All the people that are about to send through everything. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I bet all of us were very excited. I had trouble sleeping <laughs> at night. Um, so I was just like just doing all the, the a few notes for this, um, just so we got some bullet points and everything. Just reading all the Elon twi- tweets and everything like that, and uh, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see what they uh, bring out next. Obviously, uh, SN9 will start to see testing on that, but uh, we'll That's just get on with the basic testing for now, and then. Do the minor tweaks later. It's yeah. Like, what's next? You know, there's so much to do. It's like, just not going to stop. And then stop. there's the booster, obviously. Mm-hmm. They got all the bits too. It's like, what's going to happen in that high bay once SN9 comes out? Super Heavy's going to get stacked. Yeah. So like, when, oh, when do you think... When do you think... Sorry, Nico. When do you think we will see the orbital flight with Super Heavy booster and Starship? SN15? 2022. Time frame. Yeah. I think SM15 will have the, uh, the heat shield and everything on it worn, but that's, again, a different, uh, all different ball game. In theory, you might just see them, it might just see it completely work, but prove me wrong, but uh, that'd be good. If we had the legs down, I'd be a lot more, you know, I'd probably add a few, another three months, six months up the timeline, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it right now because it just seems to be getting in the way, the whole super heavy leg system. And the, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. I think if we get all the thrust knocked, on the knocker and they nail the timing of all that and the flight works so it's like well you can just use all that to compensate for those legs so they don't have to be great it's just like well one or the other has to happen or both come merging into place to give us a nice cushioned landing each time where we can all go that's pretty good i like it yeah the the little apollo lander on the moon that it's so low gravity apollo 11 spacecraft the lunar lander but the way they did that was like a little you know, just a little drop at the end. It's like, that's what you're going to get. And I think the legs can take that where they're at now. But 
be good to see something a little bit more resistant um, and a little bit more flexible for terrain and things like that. Um, but hey, I'm no, I mean, I've been sitting on my pad sketching ideas for legs right now and, and I'm going to try and get in touch with someone who can do animations. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's got to be done. Leg on. But yeah, crazy, crazy day, just amazing result and really cool to see everyone just having a blast doing it, like seeing it and experiencing it. I mean, I felt kind of sport because we're sitting there, I was sitting there watching it while all these people were focused on it to rec- what they're doing with their camera, making sure they got the shot. Like Mary's tracking and Jack's tracking and all that on NSF was pretty amazing. But I'm thinking that's a lot of concentration to do that. It takes a lot of power. I don't know if you guys ever tracked a rocket before <laughs> with a <their> camera. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Any it's closing really hard. comments, guys, before we finish this stream up? Any closing comments? About you in other space? No, I... I'd love, really like to hear what your favourite part of that flight was before we close out. I couldn't define a favourite part, genuinely. From just that good. It was just... Just so many different points, wasn't there? Just just, yeah. just still processing it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad to get to decompress here on the show with you guys, so thanks for having me on it. And uh, No problem. To all your listeners out there, thanks for coming. No worries. Everybody on YouTube, thanks for joining us today. I'd also like to give a big shout-out to our Patreon supporters. If you feel we're making great content and you want to fund our expensive coffee habits, feel free to visit patreon.com slash turtlespace. And for that, you would get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can do eavesdrop sessions and even participate like Benno's doing today. And I've been Ryan from the Space Update. Uh, I have my own podcast show. It goes out every Wednesday. And as always, it goes out on all, all the podcast platform, platforms out there and on here on YouTube as well. Um, as always, like and subscribe on YouTube and you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. And I've been Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays that are usually on Friday, but today was a special show. And yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at TotalSpaceNet here on the screen, as well as as other hosts. And we also have a website at TotalSpace.net. And also we have uh, Rich's show, being able to join us today, Rich's multiplanetary episode that talks everything future, past and present and everything, and every Monday's is also. Thank you for joining us once again, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having us. Thanks.